Hi, I'm Corey Carl, host of Moms at Midnight, where all of us moms get together in the middle of the night. Whether you're here because you stayed up till midnight to get some alone time and wrap up the daily tasks, or you're up in the middle of the night for that sick kiddo or late night feed, you're welcome here. This is our not-so-secret secret club that's exclusive, but everyone's invited. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am here again, and I can't wait to talk to you guys about something that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, the love languages. I love a good love language, and I just kind of want to talk through my, it feels like an evolution of love languages. So some history. I was somebody who thrived, thrived on touch. I was like 10 out of 10. My love language is touch. Like, give me a hug. Give me a high five. Give me a cuddle. Like, play with my hair. Play with my hair. Oh, man, play with my hair. I absolutely, that was like my favorite thing. I still think that I would like somebody to play with my hair. But it was all of the things touch. And kind of really up until I had kids. But, like, once I got married, things, it kind of got weird for me, honestly. Like, I got married to Calvin, and then he was the only person I wanted to touch me. It was weird because, like, I would be sitting next to somebody on a couch that wasn't Calvin and, like, maybe our arms were touching or our legs were touching and I would, like, scooch over because I didn't want anyone else to touch me. I don't know why. It was weird. It was, like, once I gave my whole body to him, to Calvin, I was, like, yep, no one else can even touch me. You're not allowed to touch me. Like, hugs became feeling a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Even still to this day, it's, like, it feels a little bit weird to touch anybody that is not Calvin. Like, if you walk up to me, I'll probably go for a handshake. It's weird. I know it's weird. But it used to not be that way. It used to be, like, like even, like, watching movies with friends. Like, we'd be coming watching the movie. Like, I loved touch. So then I got married, and then I still loved touch, but I loved cuddling with my husband and my husband playing with my hair and my husband holding my hand. And I still really, really loved all of that. And it's how I felt very loved. So, and Calvin's love language is more like quality time and words of affirmation. And so I did have to kind of adapt because like quality time is not really high up on my list. Like I'm a very, very social person but I'm like, I'm a surface level social person. I don't need to sit and have like a deep conversation with you to feel like you care about me. So that was an adaptation I definitely had to make. Marrying him was like being able to stop and settle down and be still. I'm like not a person that is good at being still. I like to move around and I like to kind of be all over the place. I don't like to sit in one place for too long. I'm a little bit ADHD, but I, I just had to like retrain my brain to be able to sit in one place and talk 
to somebody. And I have grown a lot in that area. It still is not like my go-to for how I feel loved, but I'm definitely able to like sit and have a conversation with Calvin and have really good quality time with him because I know that that's how he feels loved. So like literally we just talked for probably an hour and a half before I even hopped on this podcast just to have quality time. And I can tell that like he, it's something that he really appreciated. So he likes to be able to see my heart and my mind. He's so great. Anyways, but yes, so that's kind of like how Calvin and I showed affection and he, he likes touch, but it's less of like, (laughs) this is going to sound so strange, but it's less of like casual touch, like holding hands and cuddling on the couch. Like he wants the all in touch. Like I'll, I just, if I can touch you a little bit, I want to have the whole package. So (laughs) he definitely had to adjust to like, no, if we're cuddling, like we we're just going to cuddle and then, then it stops and it's over after it's over. This is where it ends. It's not going to go any farther. You, you sit next to me on the couch, you put your arm around me and that's, that's all I want. So he definitely had to adjust to that, um, with me, which has been an adventure and it is still an adventure. Um, it's, one of those things where I'm like, listen, I am about to cuddle into you. Do not have wandering hands because that is not what I'm here for. I am just here for the close affection. Not the more than that. So anyways, so we have both definitely grown in like our ability to show the other person a love language that maybe is not like our go-to for feeling loved, which has been fun and it's been interesting. But flash forward and then we have children. And then it's like everything went haywire in my feeling my feelers, in my feelings, in my feeling box, in my idea of what I thought that I wanted in order to feel loved and cared for and adored and all of the things, it, it just like, it blew up and it was very confusing, but okay. So here I am brand new mama to not one, but two babies who are essentially constantly attached to me. When I tell y'all that I lived in the, my breast friend nursing pillow, I'm telling you like, I never took it off. The thing wrapped around me and attached. It had pockets where I could put my water bottle and my phone and the remote control. And then if I needed to get up, I just got, I just got up with it on. I probably peed with it on. Like the thing, like I lived in it. And so you can imagine like I'm living in this nursing pillow with two little babies laying on it. And they, they're just constantly touching me and I'm constantly touching them. And it was very, I mean, it was a very sweet time. Like I would not trade it. I absolutely loved it. Again, like my love language is touch. So like I felt a loving connection to my babies by tandem breastfeeding them. So I'd literally, my routine for probably the first like two to 
four weeks of their life was quite literally they be face up nursing the same time tandem nursing i'd roll them onto their bellies i'd burp their little backs at the same time pat their little backs and then they would um burp and then they would fall asleep and they would sleep like that right on the pillow with me and i would hang out and then i'd flip them back over feed them again burp them and they'd fall asleep and that's what we would do that's how I spent my whole day essentially like besides having to like get up and go to the bathroom like they just were attached to me constantly and that I feel like just shifted the way that I felt love and I I wonder almost if it became this thing where it changed from like, instead of this feeling like, oh, my babies love me so much, they want to touch me, to, oh, my babies need me so much, they want to touch me. And that shift changed it from being about me accepting love to me being a giver of whatever need that was present. So it it kind of just a little bit felt like my love language was like stolen. Like and I and I I I want to reiterate that like I don't not want to touch my children. I don't not want to cuddle my children. I love I do love the interactions and the physical touch, but I think that I just wasn't expecting this to f- this way that I accepted love to now be a way that I was just meeting a need. And it kind of just made things feel weird for me. It even translated into my relationship with Calvin because, you know, you have to wait for so long after you have babies to be intimate again. And so like, you know, my man has been waiting. And so even then it felt almost like instead of me being able to receive this love from you, like I kind of feel like I'm just meeting your need. And that was a a tough pill to swallow. And like, I do feel like I'm kind of still trying to get my footing back on changing my mindset on the fact that like, no, like my, at this point, my children do just want to cuddle me because they love me. They don't cuddle me because it's a need that I'm meeting for them. Like, and it, it, I mean, I guess it is in a sense, but like, that is not the sole purpose. Like a big part of it is that they just want to feel close to their mom. They want it. They don't need to feel close to me in that way. Like they can feel close to me in quality time. They can feel close to me when I help them clean their room. They can feel close to me when I ask them about their day. And so like there are other ways that I can meet that need for them to feel close to me. Touch isn't, isn't like they don't have to touch me to be able to feel loved. There are other avenues. And so even now I'm kind of 
getting back to where I can accept love for me by a touch. Like they want to give me a hug because they want to show me they love me, not because it's them needing to feel loved by me, which has been cool to kind of get back to this like place where it's a way that my kids show me they love me. And when they notice that I'm upset, they want to come give me a hug because they want me to know that they love me. And I feel like it took, you know, till the, till the twins have turned five for me to really be able to feel accepting of their touch as a way that they are showing love to me instead of just being me lavishing love onto them and not necessarily feeling it in return. And like, that's just part of like having young kids. I think I don't, I don't like resent my children for needing me. And I don't resent my children for wanting to touch me so that they feel loved like that. They're little kids and that's what they need from their mom. And like, I'm glad to give it to them, but it had it definitely for that, for that chunk of time. And even still now, as I'm kind of transitioning back into like my original love language, like it shifted the way that I felt most loved. And so because my, because touch became a way to only show love and not necessarily to feel like I was being loved, I kind of shifted my love language and I, it shifted into acts of service, um, and gift giving or gift receiving, which I don't know if there are any other like gift as my love language people out there that feel the same way as I do, but I feel like there is a moderate amount of guilt that I carry with having receiving gifts as a love language because it seems like the most selfish love language to me. And maybe no one else feels like that, but I feel a little bit like it is the most self-seeking love language. Like it's one of the ones that I'm like, oh, well, what do you get back from this? And that might just be my people pleasing mindset, but like you gave me a gift, but like you didn't like it. It's you don't, you're not any better off for giving me this gift. And it does make me feel like you must really love me because like, it's not like we're giving each other a hug and like I'm getting touch and you're getting touch or like quality time where you're getting quality time and I'm getting quality time, but like acts of service and receiving gifts, like those feel the most like getting someone to do something for you. Cause words of affirmation is like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I mean, you're not gaining anything, but you're not like losing anything. Like it's just kind of like the middle one. So on the spectrum of in my brain, listen, there is no research to back this. There is no, uh, double blind study. There is no, you know, placebo, whatever. I don't know. There's no scientific data to back what I'm saying here. This is just all coming from like 
my brain and how I process things. So on my spectrum of like what is the most selfish and the least selfish love language, it would be least selfish quality time because it seems like that is mutually beneficial to people. Then touch, because again, seems pretty mutually beneficial. And then like right in the middle would be like words of affirmation. Like it's good for the other person, but like does not harm nor help the person giving the words. And then there's like gift next, which would feel like a little more one-sided. Like I'm giving you and I'm losing money. Like you're actively losing something. And then acts of service, which is clearly like I'm laying down my life and my needs and my wants to serve you and to give you what you need and what you want. So it is hard for me to have switched from what felt like a very selfless love language to a more feeling like this is kind of a selfish love language. Like you really have to go out of your way to show me love in this way. And so I did, I wrestled with that a little bit where it was like, am I being irrational? Is this something that is okay to feel? Um, and like, I wanted so badly to be loved in this way, but then it was also hard for me to accept it. So it was again, like this, like mind game where I wanted people to give me gifts and I wanted people to do acts of service for me where they came over and instead of asking to hold my baby, they said, can I do your dishes? Can I fold your laundry? Like, can I bring you a meal? Like I wanted so badly for people to do that for me. But then when they would like come and like try, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Like, don't put yourself out. So it took me to this place where it was like, how do I accept love now? Because, like, I am already the kind of person who struggles with feeling like I am putting people out or that I am causing other people problems because of the things that I need or the things that I want. And to it, like, to a fault where it is actually like people are actively trying to love me and to be there for me and reaching out to me. And I'm like steady pushing them away and it's not helping anybody. Like I'm not helping myself and I'm not helping the other person. Like all it's doing is it's a rejection of someone trying to show me love, which that doesn't feel good when someone rejects your love. Like, and that's what I was doing. That's what I was doing. I was straight up rejecting people's love and it pushed people away from me. People were like, well, you must not like me very much if you are denying me trying to love you. And I had to do a lot of work and I spent a lot of time really, really lonely, like super, super lonely with a lot of really surface level relationships. Um, I had my relationship with Calvin, which was strained because he had known this one way of showing me love for so long that he would try and show me love like that. And again, I would reject it. 
And I would reject it in that way because it was like, no, I've just been touched so much because everyone just needs my body. Like, no one is trying to show me love. Everyone just needs my body. And I'm sick of people needing my body. I want my body to be mine. And I want people or my children or, like, my friends, I want them to show me love by, like, respecting my body. (laughs) And it didn't feel like I was getting that. Um, Not from friends, necessarily, which in this time, in this period of time, I didn't, like, I didn't have friends. Like, I really didn't have friends. I didn't have anyone that I was really talking to. Um, Like, I've always had, like, some childhood friends that I could literally call and text whenever. Um, But I wasn't actively seeking out any friendships or pursuing any friendships. It was just me and Calvin. And so it was me and Calvin in this, like, weird place where he's trying to love me the way he knows how I feel loved, but in reality, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, well, he just needs my body. He just needs my body. He just needs my body, which caused a lot of strain. And then when he would try and switch it up and like serve me or buy me a gift, I was like, oh, we don't have the money for this because I'm not working. Like, why would you do this? Or he would try and do something for me I'd be like oh no you worked all day like you don't have the energy for this like you need to stop you need to you know you also need time for yourself like don't waste it all on me so it was just a continuous steady rejection of any attempt that the poor man made to love me which you can imagine would cause like strain in a marriage and I knew he was my best friend He knew I was his best friend, but we were navigating this new way of how do we love each other when it seems kind of like everything changed. And for him, like things didn't really change that much. And so it was probably a super shock to him to be like, I don't know what you want from me. And I can imagine that would be insanely frustrating where it was like, He was just kind of at a loss. And then, so, we did attempt to have quality time. But when you have twins, it's hard. And then when you have twins and another baby, it's even harder. So, yes, we got away for some dates. My parents, God bless them, did an awesome job of, like, literally giving us minimum an hour, two hours to three typically for Calvin and I to get out of the house and go have a date. And they did this for us like weekly, y'all. Like we had the support. We had the means to get away and have quality time. But when you are sleep deprived and you are hormonal and you have no idea what is actually happening to your life, your quality time is like, not really quality. It's like when the quality in says we're quality in, but you go in there and it's like reeks of marijuana and like you have to rush to your room and lock yourself in immediately. Like that's not, it's not like actually quality. It just calls itself quality. So like that was what our quality time was. It was like wish.com quality, not Amazon, which is tried and true. Okay. People, Amazon is tried and true. It was like wish.com. 
this is not what I ordered. This is not what I wanted when I went out to dinner with you. I did not expect for us to just stare blankly at one another and say, uh, or talk about the kids, which like, no, this is not the point of this, but that's all we could do was like stare at each other. Like, what do we think about? What do we even know each other? Do we even know ourselves? I feel like we don't know anything but these children. So we attempted quality time, but quality time just hits different in those first few years of having kids. It is hard to have actual quality time. Like you're there, you're spending the time. It is hardly quality. So that's the phase that we, that we then found ourselves in. And I would say that really up until recently, I have finally been able to migrate away from this feeling like my body is just a meeting, meeting someone else's need and it feels more like my own. And so therefore I can again start to re reteach myself how to accept touch as a way that I am being shown love. So that is good. The other part is I have come to learn that it's okay for people to sacrifice something to show that they love me. And that is not selfish. It's not selfish to accept love from someone who has sacrificed something in order to show you that love. In fact, it is a way to affirm the person who is showing you love. And I have also grown a lot in understanding that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and I was designed to be loved and I am loved by a perfect almighty God who sees Jesus on me instead of me in my sin, in my shame, in my mistakes and he deems me worthy of love and if God himself can deem me worthy of love, why then should I not accept love from people? And so it's taken me a long time to get to a place where I feel like I'm able to instead see myself as someone who is inconveniencing people by wanting to receive gifts and receive acts of service, I have moved away from that to a place where I am able to now accept that people can love me. People can love me and people do love me and they want to show me love. And the best way for me to show them I love them back is by accepting the love and not rejecting it and not feeling guilty that someone wanted to spend their paycheck on me or that someone missed getting their nails done so that they could take me out to get mine done or that someone came to my house and they saw that my laundry needed folded and 
they stood with me in my bedroom and stared at a mountain of laundry and folded it with me because they just loved me and they just wanted me to feel seen, to feel understood, and to feel that that they cared for me. And you know, I would say that if you are a mama who is struggling to wrap your mind around how everything that you once knew just kind of changed, I would just encourage you, I guess, to to see yourself the way that Jesus sees you and to see yourself as someone who is worthy of love. And when people try and show you that love, that you would readily accept it and that you would not reject it and that you would feel the depth and the width and the height of the abundant love that is lavished on you because you're created for it. You're worthy of it. And quite frankly, you need it. So I would say in conclusion that I love you and I'm excited for you to move forward from this in kind of a new light where you recognize that love comes in many different forms and people show it in different ways and you receive it in different ways, but it's out there and you deserve it. So, mama, you're worth it. Oh yeah, you're worth it. (laughs) Anyways, It's time to go to sleep now, I think. So, Mama, go hop in the bed. Get that sleep that you earned. And I'll talk to you next time.